Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined, as always, by Josh Sullivan over here. Hello. And Matt Van Milligan. Welcome to you guys. We're on the second episode of season three, Mm. and uh, we're just rolling right along. We're tackling Mm. new topics that uh, people have uh, either suggested or brought to our attention, and um, that's what we're going to do again today. And today, I think there's a lot of... uh, aspects to the topic we're talking about. We're talking about money. We're talking about tithing. We're talking about donations, right? And there's just so many layers to this topic that I hope people find, um, maybe learn something new or maybe adjust their practice of tithing or... I think there's a lot of misconceptions too. Sure. Hopefully we'll put uh, to bed some of those misconceptions and, you know... Well, why don't we just tackle one of those right now off the bat because you just brought it up. Money, 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 Before we even talk about (laughs) tithing, you know, this idea that the church has lots of money, Yeah. you know... And I think we talked about it in an episode when we when we were just babies in our in our season one, yeah. right? Um, but I I think it's important for people to know how the church works in terms of money because maybe it's not known, right? Yeah. So if if I could, yeah. you know, for, you, you know, know, people always say like, well, why doesn't the Vatican just sell one of their paintings and help pay for that bell tower, right? <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, it doesn't work like that, you know. Sure, the Vatican has beautiful things, right? Mm-hmm. And but they're preserving it for us. I mean, you know, yeah. that painting belongs in a place where I can go see it, right? As opposed to your garage because exactly. you paid a million dollars for it or whatever, right? Well, one of the things too, I think of a lot of times, let's just say I made this cup. I'm holding yeah. up a cup for those just listening to the podcast. It's a nice cup. It's a nice cup. Catholic Buzz Cup. If I made this cup and I said, okay, Father Daniele, I want to give this, I'm giving this to God. Boom. So I've donated it now to God. I haven't donated it to the church. Right. I've donated it to God. And this is my gift, uh, maybe in the form of tithing or whatever, but it's it's to God. I'm making this creative, this beautiful masterpiece. I'm yeah. creating this statue. I'm creating this painting, and I'm gifting it to God. Who then says that God doesn't want it anymore and we can sell it? Right? And that's right. kind of like, so, so yeah. like, is it you? Because like, I'm telling you that I'm gifting it to God as, as a priest. If I've gifted this to the church or gifted it to do you get to sell it? Like, do I have to die first and then you get to sell? It? Like, when when does the the when gift? Is it? Yeah, yeah. When, when, does, when gift, does it expire? Yeah. When does exactly. God's gift expire? <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's a big part that people don't realize. Like, a lot of these things that we have, yeah, the Vatican holds it and they preserve it, yeah. and they're holding it on behalf of God. They're the stewards of the church, not you know. Yeah, I think that's the right language. The Catholic holds it, but like you don't own it in the same sense that you own own something else. Yeah. That and a lot of these pieces that people are suggesting, these are. These are artifacts of Western civilization. So, mm-hmm. like having a classics background, it was like <laughs> I'm, I'm offended by the idea that you can just kind of sell this. That like yes. most of these items are are priceless. Or, um, and in fact, if they were located anywhere else, probably would have been kind of stolen or burned or been kind yeah. of victimized by any of the sort of conflicts or Wars. where a lot of a yeah. lot of art from those pe- various periods has been. But they've been preserved as as artifacts. As again, not as just. Uh, something that is owned or something that's a possession of the Vatican, but like yeah. um, they've been the caretakers of these. these exactly. and, and sometimes they've had to recover things yeah. that have been stolen or, yeah. or misused or whatever. Okay, so that's that's, that's that's to clear up the Vatican thing. Like we're not just going to sell the property. And <laughs> and then what do you do? That's a whole other topic. Like what are you going to do with that money? Who gets that money? Yeah. Is it is it the, this country? Is it this people? Is it whatever? Anyways, let's go back now to how a church works because 
every person, when you donate money to your parish, yeah. okay, that's how you donate money. No one's writing a check, I don't think, to the Vatican, no, right? Exactly. Like people are writing a check to, you know, St. Cecilia's Church or whatever it might be. You know, that's the parish you belong to. So what happens to that money? Well, the money you donate to that parish stays at that parish. Like that's how that parish functions. That's how the priest earns his salary. That's how the secretary earns her salary. That's how you pay for sacramental prep. Um, That's how you pay for things in the church. Like, you know, churches, I know in our parish, we've, uh, in our, we have two churches in our parish, you know, at one, we put a new roof on last year at the other, uh, we've done other uh, renovations. We fixed an elevator. We've uh, put, uh, brought in, we're bringing in a candle rack, all all these things. Like that's where your donations go. Um, we, we feed the poor. We like in our parish, we serve lunch. We pay for lunches at schools where they, um, the, the students don't bring in lunches. Um, you know, like all these stores you pay a maintenance staff, you, you pay the plumbing bill, the hydro bill, like from your donation in the Sunday basket, it runs the parish. Now that money stays. There is what's called a cathedra- cathedraticum, which is a fancy word for a diocesan tax. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the diocese that the church belongs to, it varies, could be from anywhere from 10%. I've seen it as high as 20%, right? In our current diocese, uh, it's 15%. So the church sends 15% of its income to the diocese. Now people say, whoa, what is the diocese doing with our money? Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, as someone who holds a couple positions in the diocese as vocations director and youth and young adults director and all this stuff, like the diocese takes that money and uses it for their own evangelization, you know? Like uh, I, that's where I get a budget to, to promote vocations, to help people go through the seminary, uh, to pay for youth gatherings and youth, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, and then there's, of course, all the other chancery stuff that happens yeah. in a diocese, right? When we talk about annulments, we're talking about things like sure. that. Like, there's a lot of also record keeping and historical Archives things. Archives and ministries, stuff. pastoral ministries yeah. that yeah. happen through a diocesan office, right? Um, so it's it's not like, uh, and like I know as a pastor of a parish, we budget, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're like, okay, we brought in this much uh, last year. We're expecting, you know, maybe an increase next year, maybe whatever it might be. You know, that's that's the plan of myself as a pastor on the finance committee. And then we live within that budget. Mm-hmm. It's not like we have a, you know, a, a signed check ready from the Vatican to just do whatever we want. You know, and I hear that a lot from people saying, oh, well, the elevator's broken, the bell tower's broken, whatever it might be. Why don't you get the Vatican? Why don't you get, ask the Pope for, for money? And it's like, well, no, you know, our parish, like I always tell my parishioners, we're a family. This is your home away from home. This is your second home. Yeah. And just like you have responsibilities at home, we have responsibilities here. Like, but we're a larger family. Like, yeah. you know, it, there's not just mom and dad working or just dad working or just mom working at home. Like we have, you know, hundreds of people who are contributing to the well-being of this parish. Not a building. No. You know, sure, the building is part of it, but for the evangelization, for the good news, for the work of the gospel. Like you said, all the things that you would do, like like sending meals to, uh, I mean, having the meals for um, the homeless and having like all the events that would be put on. Yeah. As ministry, as part of the church. Yeah. Okay, two things I just wanted, because you hit on them, and I think people uh, need to know, but they don't really understand. Um, I, I was doing financial advising f- one time in my life, and I had a lot of priests as clients. One thing that people don't realize is how much a priest actually makes. And if you take take of it, I, I bring it up only because it's something like when you said, well, a priest pays the priest's salary. Right. I bet you if you were to take right now 10 people, or just in your in your head if you're listening to the podcast, what do you think a priest actually makes? 
Is it 80,000? Is it 60,000? Is it what, like, what exactly would that number be in your head? And now I want to compare it to the priest does roughly what, eight, nine years of university studies, has a master's, all that kind of stuff, right? Correct? Yep. There's an, and they can take care of our spiritual, emotional well being, if you will. There's another profession that does something very similar to that, does about eight, maybe nine years in specialist to, to make to for to take care of our physical well-being, right? As doctors. Doctors. Okay, so they go through the exact same amount of university. Doctors and priests roughly okay. go through the exact same amount of but a doctor will pull in roughly, let's just say 250, maybe 300,000. I mean, they have to pay their nurses and they have to pay their staff and everything else. How much off the top? I mean, or I, I can shoot out the number that I know, but I mean, you can... Well, 10% of a doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you're yeah. looking anywhere from $20,000 a year to yeah. $30,000 a year. and it yeah. de- it, Right? That's what a priest that's makes. That's what a priest makes. And so it's not like when we say we're paying your salary, it's not like we're paying... Like, that's below the poverty line. And I line. think that while we're on this topic, I know yeah. we've swayed away a little bit, but, uh, you know, every priest makes the same amount. Like, people think like, yeah. oh, a monsignor must get paid more. Yeah. Or yeah, the bishop no, no, must yeah. get get paid more yeah. or how much does the pope get paid it's like every priest gets paid the same yeah you know it might vary by a couple hundred diocese, bucks or a thousand bucks diocese. here and there just yeah. on you know location geography whatever uh but you know there's every priest makes around the same amount of money which is in the 20 to 30 uh, 30 is a bit high, but, high. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but yeah so 20,000 I mean just to give people an idea when we're saying pay salaries we're not saying pay 80 yeah, grand to the priest the priest isn't signing Fortune his own check for 80 grand yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay we went way far because I wanted to address that to put that in context mm-hmm. okay so now tithing now tithing is always confusing because sometimes Catholics say well that's not a Catholic thing tithing mm-hmm. is not a Catholic thing right um, and the idea of tithing is 10% right and uh, that comes from the Old Testament, right? 10%. Um, so pe- most Catholics will say, well, that's a Protestant thing. Protestants mm. sort of require 10% for your sort of membership in a, in a church. So how would you explain tithing? Because it very much is a Catholic thing. How would you explain that to uh, people who don't know what tithing is? Yeah, I think, well, and, and just from a Protestant perspective, like a lot of emphasis was placed um, on tithing because uh, the structure of the many Protestant, like there's a lot of variation among Protestant churches, yeah. but the general structure of Protestant churches um, is very different. Like sometimes they're they're much more dependent on like the day to day or the the week to week. They don't donation. have the hierarchy so of a diocese and stuff like that necessarily. Ex- to support exactly, them. Yeah. they don't have the you would say the safety nets or that yeah. that other um, other denominations have. Yeah. Larger churches have or. Um, the Catholic Church has as kind of being more kind of centrally governed. Um, but so there there can be <laughs> a higher degree of insistence on, you know, this 10% is is required. So you need you need either, you, if, if you're not giving 10%, you have kind of claims to poverty or you are, yeah. um, you're in a position where you, you actually yeah, can't give. Yeah. Um, so um, the idea that it's it's a Protestant idea um, is that sometimes Protestant denominations or specific churches place a much higher emphasis on, you know, this is required. Right. And, and if you're not doing this, you're not kind of... And when we're talking um, 10%, we're talking 10% of your total income, yeah. right? Is this gross, um, gross or net? Just a question. There, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> fierce debate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in, yeah in, now, in, uh, terms, in yeah. the Old Testament, right, the, the obligation under the law of Moses was, uh, you know, to 10%. Uh, but under the New Testament, right? Look at Saint Paul in the in the second letter to the Corinthians. 
uh, he says, uh, sorry, in the first letter of the Corinthians, chapter 16, he says, on the first day of the week, Sunday, yeah, Sunday. each of you should set aside whatever he can afford, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's, I think, where our understanding of, of tithing is. Just because we're not obligated to the 10%, like the old in the Old Testament, it doesn't mean that we've been dispensed from helping the church. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Right? Like, yeah. uh, I, and I, I think it's really important. I'll tell you a personal story. Um, a couple years ago, maybe maybe one or two years ago, I don't remember when, I spoke to our congregation about tithing. And before I did, I was praying about it, obviously. And then I said, you know what? Let me do the math here. And I took my total income yeah. and the total of donations that I was giving, not just to the church, but yeah. to other charities, right, that I support. Um, and I was so embarrassed that I was only giving around three to four percent of my total income. It was it shocked me because here I thought I was a generous giver. Yeah. You know, like everyone's like, Oh, yeah. there's you know yeah, uh, yeah. uh putting a dime in the in the collection basket. <laughs> no. But I was really embarrassed by it. And so I told that to the congregation. Because that was for me a self-discovery. So I cur- I encourage them go home and do your calculation, like right? How much you're and I, I'm not expecting you to jump to ten percent if you're at two percent or three no, percent or four yeah. percent like I was, you know. So I slowly made a change to five or six percent, and then have since brought up my yeah. je- my contributions to charity and the church uh, to c- closer to ten. I'm not exactly at ten, but yeah. it's very close, um, right? So. And- yeah, that, that's a great testimony because uh, when I said to my wife that this is what we're talking about today, um, she said, "Oh, you should bring up the the, the homily that Father gave her that when he <laughs> she remembers because that she, she remembers that yeah. and that that really did trigger in us. We're like, okay, well, we should we should reassess. We, we should yeah. like, what what are we bringing in? What yeah. are we giving? Are are there ways or kind of uh, areas where we can give more? Yeah. yeah, and and I think it's just it's it's it goes back to the thing like you know our everything good belongs to God. Right. So we have to do our part to give back to God. And, you know, the church is one of the places that does the work of God in its full, in its, you know, in in its more visible way. Like the church reaches out to so many different people, so many different minutes through different, different ministries that, you know, you as your family couldn't by, by itself. So that's why we give our 10% or whatever, you know, we can to the Lord, whatever, like St. Paul says, whatever we can afford. Right. I I was thinking too, just when you said that Matt was, was, Every when I was in financial, uh, uh, doing financial stuff, um, the the rule of thumb was every seven years your financial needs change, and so every seven years at least you should definitely reassess. I'd say every five years, but every seven years reassess what your financial needs are, specifically when you're talking about tithing and mm-hmm. giving to the church, because like I can imagine like if I if I was to look back. And say, okay, this is what I gave when just me and Chrissy were, you know, uh, university students, and we didn't have any kids, and then, you know, that that's what we were giving because that's all we could afford. And now, if I was to look at, okay, well, we both have jobs, and we're, you know, set. We have a house, and we have this and that and the other thing. If I haven't changed my giving from that point, well, I haven't really been faithful to assessing and and re, and and looking back at what exactly it is. The other thing too that I just to bring up. We are asked to for for a couple like prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and, and talking. Is is almsgiving different than tithing? And the reason I bring that up is because there's something that when we talk about tithing, one of the things I hear about sometimes is prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Um, sometimes people would give to the church because they like they would specifically like uh, <laughs> I was I was watching Medici. 
uh, and they were talking about how they donate. I mean, it's not a great show in the Catholic <laughs> world, let's just say. But Josh recommends. No, not at all. Uh, but but it, it was an interesting show. But one of the things that they happens in that show is that the the Medici family gives money to the church specifically is doing this, that, or the other thing. And it's it's political and whatever. But one of, of the things thinking about it was they were donating so that the church could feed the poor for them because they didn't know how. They didn't have the resources. They didn't have the... And so it was like, I want to feed the poor. I don't know how. I'm giving to the church to feed the poor because the church had the, let's say, the orders that would feed specifically or they had the volunteers to feed the poor. And they as they had well... They had a lot of means, they had a lot of money, but they like they didn't weren't going to hire servants to go out and feed the poor. That if that makes sense, yeah. And so they would give the money to the church, so the church could feed the poor. Um, when we're talking about that, okay. So what's the difference between uh, uh, just so thought, tithing is your responsibility to help the church, right? Yes, okay. Um, or, and and to recognize that your gifts belong to God. Alms giving is a focus. We do it a lot. We do it more intently, I think, during Lent. Yeah. Alms giving is more of a focus on helping the poor, the okay. needy, gotcha. and focusing on acts of charity. Right. Makes sense. So yep. tithing is is sort of your responsibility as as a member of uh, a particular place. Right. Is to yeah. help support that place. Yeah. Alms giving is really a focus on. Yeah, on, and on it's, it's charitable hard, works. Yeah, it's a hard distinction to make too because a lot of times they can look like the exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you have. Uh, you know your 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 regular tithing envelope or something. If you're you're putting it in the basket, a lot of times your parish will be running a special collection or a special uh, program or something like that. You have a different colored envelope, so like this looks like the same thing, but you know it's it's directed in a different way and it's working towards maybe a different purpose. I want to ask a question because uh, you know, and I really do want to encourage people. You know, if you're not giving to your local parish right now, to really really consider starting somewhere, whether whether you're uh, you know, retired, working, maybe a student, you know, even as a student, I used to give to to my parish every time I went, it, you know, it's different. Like you said, our financial ch- yeah, yeah. Uh, needs change or whatever. Um, so I want people to really consider that. But, uh, you know, a couple of things that, that are new to the tithing world today, you know, because the typical basket comes by during yeah. the pews <laughs> and people put their donation in the, yeah. in the basket. Whereas today, there's also options like e-transfer. There's yeah. there's pre-authorized uh, withdrawals that come right yeah. from your bank account. Uh, you can go online and pay credit card. You know, in our travels, I, I believe it was in Montreal when we took those teenagers to Montreal. Yeah. Um, I think you that you could tap you could tap yeah, your debit ta- card right there card, yeah, in the yeah, church, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking for one for our parish, <laughs> and, uh, you know. But like, so all these different things now. I know from talking to Matt about this, I don't know, a while ago, yeah. you know, there there was something that you said back then that really struck me that stayed with me. And that's like the visible sign of yeah. of giving. Yeah. So th- this is actually following that 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 homily that you gave that um, my wife and I, we, we kind of looked at our situation. And up until that point, we'd kind of been giving in seasons. So like, you know, when when we had more, we gave more. When we had less, we gave less. Yeah. But the kind of the option of like a pre-authorized this amount, like we can we can look at our finances, set an amount and yeah. week by week, month by month, um, it's the same amount. There's there's a real accountability built in there. That is just like there's consistency, there's an it helps yeah. probably the parish to have that <laughs> steady consistent income. cash flow as sure. well too. But yeah. um I was conflicted at the time. Um because <clears throat> um, you know, that there's something about physically putting the envelope in the basket that mm-hmm. it's like um uh, we we gave a talk at the the um, uh, the Catholic conversations thing while we're like talking about like raising kids and it's like 
Um, it's like you want to raise faithful kids, be faithful. Like if you want to raise generous kids, be generous. And like let them see the ways in which you're generous. Let them see the ways in which you're giving of yourself because you want to model that for them. So yeah, makes sense. one of my concerns about switching to a pre-authorized transfer is that, you know, the basket goes right by us or yeah. whatever. And, and, and our kids aren't necessarily a witness to, yeah, to the and ways that we're giving. You're right, because even as a kid, I remember, you know, my parents putting, uh, my mom putting an envelope in the in, in the basket there, and we saw that, and we were, and, and then, you know, part of the fun was, you know, we get a, we get a get loony to actually do or it. Uh, yeah, whatever, $2 bill at the time, yeah. you know, and we got to put it in the basket. So we knew that we were giving something of our family yeah. to the church, right? That was our, we were always trying to be involved there. Whereas now, these new things... Uh, you know, even though they're convenient and yeah. maybe helpful, like you said, a regular schedule, you get to plan out whatever, both for a family to plan. Like we know this month, this much is coming out every month yeah. and both for the church. Like we know this much is coming in every month. Right. But you're right. It's that visible sign. Uh, and so maybe people not seeing as much yeah. is going to uh, maybe encourage needs to encourage parents to sort of have those conversations with those kids i don't know like yeah. is that yeah and, and another part of that is that we talked about like what this looked like um in the new testament that like the one of the older versions of tithing or almsgiving they kind of uh, lumped together is that um it was that like, you don't cut the corners of your field so if you're you leave like a corner right. of your field yeah. for someone to glean someone to by their own effort like the poor can um, pick the yeah, tomatoes yeah, or come and yeah. do whatever yeah um, exactly but like the the corner of your field is ambiguous enough that it can be a bushel yeah. or it can be you know 10 hectares yeah so it was it was a very public or very visible sign of how generous you were yeah. how how what you counted as as the corner um that was being given for better and for worse so like the and and the one hand like you could you could be more generous you could provide more for uh, the poor, on the other hand, it could be a visible show. It could be what what Jesus kind of talks about is like when he's saying, don't let the, the the left hand know what the right is doing. Yes. When you give, give in secret or like so yeah. that this so that you're not getting your earthly reward that, you know, your father can see how much you're giving. So like there's both sides of it. And, you know, you, you want to I don't, ch check your own motivation and check your own. Yeah. And uh, remember yeah. when, when pre-authorized withdrawal first came out? Uh, like this is years ago, for, you know, when, you know, because e-transfer is relatively new and credit card is relatively new, right? But pre-authorized came out, I don't know, a number of years ago. And uh, the big concern there was people who were doing pre-authorized were embarrassed. Because they didn't put anything the in the basket. the basket was coming by. That was me. And yeah. no, and you weren't putting it. And your neighbor was seen like, hey, that guy's not, not putting doing anything. anything in the basket. So some parishes came up with this thing where it's like, okay, you got to pick up a, a card at the back of the church right. yeah. that says I donate through pre-authorized. And you put that in the basket just as a as a visible yeah. gesture. Yeah. But and, and, you know, a legitimate concern. You know, there there is that visibility side to it. You know, like like both sides. Like you're saying, yeah, is yeah. it for is it for because I want people to know I'm doing my or is it for Florentine? I, you know, whatever it is. But I yeah. think now that e transfers in that credit cards in that all these digital ways are are involved, especially post COVID, right? Yeah. That I I I don't hear people complaining about that. No, and anymore. I think that that was a, that was a major concern for me. And one of the things we talked about was having these. I was in Thunder Bay at the time when pre authorized came in. And we were talking about whether I would switch or not. And I remember talking with the priest and I said, well, you know what? I got to be honest. I like part of it was the kids and having the kids put something in the basket. They fight over who was going to actually donate. 
Um, but the other part was was actually putting something in the basket, and you know, people didn't see that. What would they think, or how would they react, or whatever the case may be? And so we're talking about little tokens and all that stuff. And I finally realized I had to get over it because it was a prideful thing for me. It was totally pride. Sure. Uh, and so I had to be like, okay, no, that's that's ridiculous. Why what I give has anything to do with anybody else? You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't put the amount on the envelope in really big highlighted letters <laughs> so that everybody and then yeah. like hold it over my head backwards so everybody behind me right. can see and then drop it in the basket. Like that's not. Yeah. This is about me and God. This is about me making the sacrifice with my family. This yeah. is you know it's, it's you a different. You don't run one of those huge novelty checks that they <laughs> give the lottery the lottery winners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They don't okay, sell on a point you said too about you know, this belongs to God and, you know, we're not supposed to be receiving sort of uh, whatever credit for, I forgot how you worded it there, but you it also brought up a point about tax receipts. Oh, yeah. Right? So, so should we do it in tax? Like, yeah, that's what you were saying. Sorry, now I remember. You said we shouldn't let the left in the hand know what the right hand is doing, that sort yeah. of thing. So, you know, people ask, like, is it right to get a tax receipt for your donation to the church? Because, you know, our our, our giving should be, you know, out of the generosity and secret and all this stuff, you know, the scriptures say. And what's your take on it before? Because yeah. I have my own ideas. I would, I would say that your giving shouldn't be motivated or affected in any way by the fact that you get a tax receipt right. because it classifies now it, as, yeah. a, as a charitable um, uh you know, it has charitable status. That's that, right. Um, you know, uh, episodes, episodes, episodes back when you were talking about uh, some of the complications um, of the the church being kind of subject to uh, public mandates and operating within the kind of structures of government and, and things like that, that, um, you know, for better or worse, you know, we, ha- we submit ourselves a lot of times to the kind of government um, um you know, structures. structures. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, part of that is that, you know, we're accommodated to some degree because the church, you know, has charitable status. So yeah. we get a, a tax receipt and that's a benefit to us. It's like, but there's a complication there that, you know, if, if that relationship ever becomes, you know, fully strained, are we able to, uh, to separate those things or are we able yeah. to, yeah. Um, you know, is, 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 are we going to give just as much? Um, you know, if, if there's no receipt on the other end or if there's, if it, you know, doesn't yeah. benefit us. If you're in a different country and you didn't get those tax receipts or whatever, would you still, would give? You still give? Yes. And would you give the amount? I mean, and, and, and that's one thing, like how much do we give and, and everything else could be another part of what we have to look at. Like, should we even give if we don't go to church on a regular, cause we're, I don't know, we're still sick because of COVID. We've talked about this before, but, um, I, I don't, I'm worried about going to whatever, or maybe, maybe legitimately I'm, I'm a, a shut in, in, in the sense of like, I can't get out of my house. So do I still give to a church even though I don't attend it or, or that kind of things? Yeah. There are so many people who are so generous yeah. to the church, you know, even though there's they're they've been at home with an illness or whatever, they still make sure that they're donating uh, to their parish because that's where they belong. Right. So yeah. that's, that's really good. And there's some people who who don't who belong to the parish and and don't maybe you haven't seen them or, or whatever. I think that as Catholics, um, even if you are not attending mass, yeah. that you know tithing is something that is from us to God, you know, from us out, out of our love for the Lord. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. Um, like that is something that we should be doing, whether our butts are in the seats or not. If you know what I mean, yeah, y- you know, and and I, I, I just, 
It brings yeah. me back to Cain and Abel and the story of Cain and Abel talking about the sacrifice at the very beginning, right? It's talking about how Cain made a sacrifice of their of his fruits, Abel made a sacrifice of his fruits in the mentality and the frame that you were doing it. And that's where one sacrifice was maybe accepted, one wasn't, or whatever the case may be there. Like right from the get-go, in, in Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, we recognize that all was gift from God. And so by giving back that percentage, that 10%, or whatever the case may be, by giving back to the church, even if you don't go to church, by giving back, saying, back here you go, God, I'm giving this back. Help them feed the poor. Help them. Like I'm recognizing that what I have is gift from you. My life is gift. My job, my career, my, my, uh, I'm going to say the privilege that I have in my life, maybe because, I mean, we have people that don't listen from Canada, but uh, from Canada, like the privilege that I have in Canada and listening to that, or, or whatever country you're from, um, this is what I have. This is what I have extra. This is what I can, like, I, not extra, sorry, but just everything is gift from God. I'm giving back to you, and then I'll figure out the rest. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to worry about, I'm, I'm one of the crows. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat and yeah. everything else. I'm going to give back to God. And, and I want people to recognize that if everyone is contributing to the well-being of the church, just how much the church can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the church is not like our like a, a parish. I was going to say our parish, but a parish doesn't just sit with the intention of growing its bank account, <laughs> right? Like whatever we bring in, if we can afford to do, like we get requests all the time. Yeah. I know in our parish, we have not turned down anyone who's asked for help. Uh, but that's through the grace of God and the generosity of our parishioners. So if they need food, if they need help, if they need this or whatever it might be, we've been able, uh, you know, uh, in the time that I've been here is is to say yes, to help these people, which is beautiful. How much more can we do? Yeah. You know, instead of waiting around for a request or, or whatever it is, how much more can we do and how much more can we reach out to people even in evangelization and not just in charity, yeah. uh, in programs, you know, like in, in, in things that we can offer if everyone is supporting their church in the way that we should. Well, we talk about we talk about right there. So right there, you can ask if if other denominations, not yes. Catholic, but other yeah. denominations require the 10% or, you know, not, it's not mandatory, but it's highly suggested and you got to figure out why you don't give 10% if you don't give 10%, that kind of thing. If that's what we're going off of and they can afford a full-time pastor that has a family. So this is not someone that's getting paid 20 grand a year. This is <laughs> someone who's getting yeah. paid a decent salary not again i mean depending on the church it could be millions but for the most part i would imagine it's a decent salary yes and there's there's more of a we already kind of clarified what yeah. the the catholic model looks like but there's more of a market drive and uh, again uh, not yeah. all protestant denominations are the same but yeah. you know uh, a wealthier parish gets a more educated pastor a lot of times because yes, they can, can they can afford, afford to call better, yeah yeah a better a, pastor, a pastor for, from another church <laughs> because they can incentivize them but then not only that but you have double pastors so you have two or three pastors you have a youth pastor you have other tri- like by these churches that make more money have this extra stuff coming in as well as like for uh, affording the the um music ministries yeah. and all that other stuff like if that's what happens with one parish it, one one church, let's say, in a Christian denomination that's not Catholic and stuff, if we had the same thing going in the Catholic church, what exactly could we actually get done? How much could we actually, you know? Yes, so. and one more thing before we wrap up here yeah. that I want to address is people with this idea that their financial donations yeah. that go to the parish, um, maybe they struggle uh, giving those donations because they're, they, some people think like, oh, our money um, goes to uh, pay off sexual abuse lawsuits yeah. or something like yeah. that. Or uh, I know in in our local city where we film this podcast, you know, like a, 
a number of years ago, uh, the, the bishop had closed a number of churches in town, right? So I know people don't give to the church anymore because they don't want, quote, the bishop to have this money because they're mad at the bishop. Well, it's like, <laughs> you know, like those aren't real things. <laughs> like, yeah. like your money goes to your parish, yeah. right? Yeah. Your, your money doesn't go to pay for lawsuits. You know, there's a whole bunch of, there's insurance structures for that. And, I, and of course, I'm not making light of those situations. No, those not. are also very unfortunate and important matters to rectify. But, the, you know, your donation in the collection basket or your pre-authorized or your e-transfer or your credit card donation doesn't go to pay off those lawsuits, yeah. doesn't go to pay off, uh, you know, doesn't sit in the bishop's pocket even though you're mad at him yeah. or uh, or whatever it might be. Like, uh, so if someone is, I, I just really want people to understand that, that your money goes to help your parish, right? And uh, these, these, these outside factors that want to, you know, really make us reconsider even donating in the first place to our church, mm-hmm. you know, I'm asking people to really reconsider that because that's just not the case. Yeah. Okay. One last question. If I can't afford, I'm a university student. Yep. I'm doing my best. I'm putting two dollars in the collection plate. Okay. Yes. I'm putting two bucks in the t- collection yeah. plate. I can't afford much more than that. I'm eating mayonnaise sandwiches because yeah. mayonnaise and pickles are all I found in my fridge. You know what I mean? What am I looking at there that I can? Yeah, and, and how else I wanted can I to talk about that a little bit, but we're at, we're right out of time. time. But you're right. Tithing is not just financial. Yeah. Right. And I think that's I, what what's maybe we missed here on the episode. Um, but if you can't, if you feel like you can't give, like for example, a student, someone who's lost their job, someone whose situation has changed, all of us have gifts and talents that doesn't release us from helping the church, but it might be in a different way. It might be in our volunteer time. It might be helping with a project. It might be uh, giving our, our gifts. Like, you know, we might have a skill that your parish can use, Mm -hmm. you know, we might be, be able to fix the plumbing or, or help with the sacrament preparation program or with the youth ministry or, you know, uh, contribute to the Bible study or, or whatever it might be. Dusting the candles. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, there is something for everyone to do, like uh, to do at the parish. So if you're not able to financially give, and honestly, like yeah. there are some people who say like, well, I'm not giving because I help here, right? Well, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. honestly, you are not able to financially give. There are so many ways that you can sort of physically tithe yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. your parish by your, by your time. All right. Okay. Well, uh, that's it for us uh, today. So uh, <laughs> we'll be taking a collection around our production <laughs> studio. <laughs> Here today, if you want to give to the Catholic Buzz, <laughs> all of our listeners, ten uh, percent, uh, send to our podcast. Yes, uh, thank you for joining us today. Of course, if you have any questions or comments about this episode or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at askus at thecatholicbuzz.com. You can visit our website at thecatholicbuzz.com, or you can leave comments on our Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok pages for Josh Sullivan. And Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. Thanks for joining us on The Catholic Buzz.